This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you who I've met in person have seen my unbelievable dashboards that I built. You know, I'm an analytics-like crazy person. I love the data. And I love presenting the data in beautiful dashboards that my team can use on their mobile devices, their phones, and TVs throughout the office. Now, the way I do this without having to hire a big development team is at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. It's using a company called Clipfolio, and I'll tell you more later on in the show how I use them. It's nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. This is episode 658, and coming up tomorrow morning, I talk to Eric Min. He is winning the in-home fitness wars. It will be a billion-dollar business, and the reason he's leading is he's got three million in monthly recurring revenue coming in, and he's just raised $45 million with this company called Zwift. You can bike on a bicycle in your home and connect with online players. Good morning, everybody. My guest this morning is BJ Lackland. He has spent over 15 years as an, as an investor in startups. As an investor, he's been in VC, an angel, and is now the CEO of uh, Lighter Capital. Okay, of Lighter Capital, where he oversees over 200 alternative investments in early stage tech companies. As an executive, he's been on the executive team of three companies, including as a CFO of a public energy tech company called Power Efficiency Corp. During his, this time, he has raised and deployed over 150 million dollars worth of capital. BJ, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure, thanks. Pa- power company to VC. Why, why? What makes that transition? Why'd you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I was actually a VC back in the early 2000s for about five years, focused on um, energy technology, um, particularly energy efficiency technology. So kind of went from uh, dot-com startup land, being an operator and raising money to being a VC and Clean tech, kind of before it was called clean tech, really, um, to being a, a CFO and raising money for a, for a uh, energy tech company, and then now I'm at Lighter Capital, where we're sort of a interesting hybrid between a, an operating business and uh, and an investor. Yeah, and so those of you listening right now that might be kind of entrepreneurs looking to start, you know, if your credit score is too low or like, and you don't want to do a personal guarantee, so like bank financing isn't good for you, but you also don't have like super high growth and like VC and angels aren't a good fit for you. That That's why I want to bring BJ on uh, with lighter capital. So BJ, explain more of your model. How's it work? Yeah, we are, our, our sort of mantra is that we're a fintech company revolutionizing startup finance. So what does that really mean? It means that we're using technology to improve entrepreneurs' access to capital and to fund them with a different model. And that different model that we're using today is called revenue-based financing. Um, So the technology side of things really, that's a way of just expediting the fundraising process. We think entrepreneurs spend about eight to 10 hours with us before we write them a check, as opposed to say, chasing down a bunch of angels or VCs. The the funding method the security use, like I said, is revenue-based financing. And it's essentially a royalty agreement. Um, It attempts to be the best aspects of debt and equity. The best aspects of debt is that it's not diluted to the entrepreneur and it's not controlling, you don't take a board seat, things like that. Best aspects of equity is that there's a deep alignment between the entrepreneur and the capital source um, towards growth. So ours achieves both of those, we think. Um, And um, the way it structures is this. Basically, on average, 
we provide companies about 250k uh, okay. per funding. We'll go we'll go up to two million per company total. But for sort of ease of ease of mental math, think about a hundred thousand bucks. Let's say we give a company a hundred thousand dollars. They then pay us a percentage of their revenue each month, and sometimes their revenue is zero, so we get zero payment. It fluctuates up and down with the revenue. They pay us a, a set percentage of their revenue each month until they've paid us a set multiple of that hundred thousand. So, which is what typically hundred thousand dollars. Uh, typically, it's somewhere between like one and a half to two times. Okay. And it's typically paid over like a three to five year period. So we'll take a middle ground one. Let's say it's a, a four year sort of structured deal. We'll we'll provide them 100k today. They'll pay us say three percent of their revenue until they paid us 160 thousand dollars total, 1.6 times um, the hundred thousand um, dollars. But in reality, if, if they grow more quickly than we think, they may pay us in a shorter time period. In which case, our return on investment, our IRR, goes up. Yep. So we have every incentive to try and help them grow. And, of course, the, the converse is true. If, if they grow more slowly, then our IRR goes down. But that's that's our risk. We're really betting on them as an entrepreneur and as a, a team and a company to grow as, as we expect in the future. And what is your kind of total fund size? What are you investing out of? Yeah, all total, we've raised $120 million. Uh, we start off with an initial fund of, uh, of $20 million, and then we add on a $100 million fund uh, a little over a year ago. Okay, and our and our kind of traditional VCs like you know Jason at Saster or Salesforce, you know their corporate development team, kind of writing you checks out of funds they've already raised is kind of an alternative form uh, of them for them to get different kind of risk exposure. Or are you raising from traditional LPs? Um, more traditional LPs, really, um, because we get current payments on these loans. It's really more for the LPs a fixed income product, a, a high yield fixed income product. Yep. Um, so we we put the hundred million dollar financing. It actually it all came from one financing source, a group in uh, San Francisco called Community Investment Management, and they basically specialize in uh, providing capital to tech enabled small business lenders. Um, in great part for out of, out of impact uh, intention. So they're trying to. Um, improve sort of financial inclusion and access to capital as well as borough employment. Got it. And walk us, I mean, well, so let me go through a few things here. I want to go back into uh, kind of the brain of there's a startup CEO listening right now that doesn't want to do VC, doesn't want to do bank. I want to understand more about how they might be able to work with you. But but first, how do you, I mean, you're a capitalist. How do you make money doing this? Yeah, so essentially we pay the limited partner a certain amount of money to use their money. And then we, you know, we, we loan out money to the companies that we fund at, at a different rate. So we make money essentially like a bank, right? Like a a bank takes, they take deposits. Yeah, they take deposits from you, and they loan it out to you know people to go buy a home, and they make the spread. That's exactly the way we make money today. And what are you, like how many basis points are you typically paying on capital just to use the capital? So again, if a hundred million, if you get a hundred million dollar check, how much are you paying just to use that capital? Yeah, we don't really disclose that stuff because they don't. Yeah, I am asked us not to disclose that because it's it's confidential because they have arrangements with a bunch of different people. Is it like hard money? There, I mean, is it like a hard money loan where you're going to pay like two or three basis points, or is it less or more aggressive? Um, no, it's less aggressive than than, okay. than hard money. Um, and again, it's flexible. So the the companies, if they don't grow that quickly, they just don't pay us that much each month. Um, sort of an interesting thing we. You know, most lenders, traditional lenders and things like that, they're really worried about getting like payment defaults. Like, you know, they're worried that they always want to get their, their payment that month. We're not really focused on that. We're really focused on can these companies grow long term because that's really where we make our money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and because a lot of times, literally, we have we have companies that get no company, no customer payments in a particular month. They literally pay us zero. Um, and that's that's part of the deal. 
is we're kind of there to ride along with them on their, their growth trajectory. Yeah, so I, I totally understand kind of your, I, I believe I think I understand your risk profile on these things. Now, the, the question I've got for you is, uh, you kind of articulated this earlier. So if there's a company listening right now that's doing kind of zero revenue, they give you a pro forma, it all looks good. Now we all know it's probably going to be worse than the pro forma. Let's say it takes them the longer end of your spectrum to pay you back, say five years, and you give them 100 grand up front. I mean, you could argue or, or your LPs could argue and go, BJ, I could have just taken this 100 grand and put it in the stock market and made more than 160 grand over five years. Why should I keep giving you more money? How do you balance that? Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. Well, number one, unfortunately, we don't, we can't fund companies that don't have any revenue. We have a, a kind of a minimum threshold of $15,000 a monthly revenue. But, but your question is exactly apt, which is like, let's say a company is doing, you know, 15K in, in revenue, kind of our minimum, and, um, and we expect them to grow at a certain rate. Overall, so kind of looking at two different audiences. One is our customer, the company, the entrepreneur that's looking to grow. The other one is our capital provider, our limited partner and such. On the limited partner side, the answer is basically like, hey, listen, we're we're trying to use technology to evaluate these companies and to do this at relatively high scale, do it at high volume. We're funding eh, 10 to 12 companies a month right now. Um, And overall, you're going to have some that are winners and some that are losers, and overall it's going to balance out. And, and that's just the nature of, of early stage, higher risk, uh, providing capital, period. And, and so the limited partners have to kind of understand that, you know, any particular um, funding, you know, may or may not work out exactly the way we expect, but overall, they're going to balance out in the way that we hope. Um, and we've gotten really good at our technology, our internal technology. We have a group of uh, nine software developers and data scientists that have, have gotten really good overall throughout our portfolio. We're about 96% accuracy uh, on average for predicting revenue. So oh, we're wow. really good at predicting how these companies are going to perform. Well, on any any particular company, we may be well off, but overall across the portfolio, we're getting pretty good at predicting accuracy. Um, so that's that's sort of one audience is the is the the capital providers to us. For the entrepreneurs sitting at home, I think which is, was was one of the genesis of your question. Um, really, the, the sort of value proposition to them is this, which is um, do you not want to give up equity now? If you don't want to give up equity now, like you want to put off an equity raise or you just never want to give up equity, um, that's often the, the entrepreneurs that we look to fund. Number two, you know, do, you, do you have some really relatively well-proven out you know, customer acquisition methods and a, and a diversity of a customer base? So if they're at that kind of minimum threshold of 15K a month, um, uh, for us to, to fund them, we'd like to see that they've got at least like five to 10 customers in there that, you know, we can look at, we can see what the contracts are, we can understand how much it costs to acquire them, how long are those customers, you know, we expect going to stay with the business. And of course, for the earlier stage companies, a lot of times there hasn't been enough time going by that we know exactly how long those customers are going to stay. But we do have really good data on the fact that, you know, if you're selling to SMBs, they're going to have a certain churn rate to expect. If you're selling to enterprises, they're going to have a lower churn rate. And so we can kind of look at comparable uh, you know, business models and things because we funded so many companies and kind of predict out, okay, you know, they're probably going to grow at roughly this rate. And, and obviously, the earlier stage businesses we tend to be less accurate with. The ones that are more mature, they're doing, you know, $3 million in sales and and growing it, you know, those tend to be growing anywhere from 10 to 100% per year. They also are, tend to be a lot easier to predict. They've got a lot more history, um, a lot more historical data around customer churn, around gross margins, all those sorts of things that you really want to go in and look at to, to predict how they're going to perform in the future. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've talked to people before, like uh, like Levi, Cedar, I, I think you pronounce it Cedarus. I always mess it up. Is it Cedarus or Cedarus or what? 
Isoterra is the big game. Or a Ceteris. Ceteris, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we had him on back in episode 421. It's a SaaS accounting platform. You know, they're doing about 238 grand in MRR, according to according to him, about 4.2 million raised and 200 customers. So a company like that, um, y- you've worked with them. They raise their Series A. Do your payments accelerate on the Series A? It's uh, interesting. It can or it can't. It's the company's option, generally. So... When we fund a company, um, let's go back to the example I gave. You know, we give them 100k, and then they're supposed to pay us 160k. You know, ideally, we target that to be over four years. Let's say 12 months after we do that, they go and raise a million dollars from a VC or angels or something like that. Um, well, you know, we don't. It's not really fair in a way for them to have to pay the full 160k. They can choose to do that if they want or whatever. But what we do is we say, hey, listen, if you want to pay us off early, like if you go raise an equity round and you want to pay us off early, um, and usually that means in 12 months or 18 months after we funded them, you pay us a lesser total amount. So it might be like uh, 125K or something like that. It's pre-negotiated when we fund the company. They can pay us a lesser amount. And, And in that one instance, we'll actually sometimes take a little slice of equity. In that case, it'd probably be like five grand worth of equity or something like that. But we basically let them, uh, they have the option of just continuing to pay us as they plan or to pay us off early and pay us a lesser amount. Yeah. Yeah. The, the interesting thing that I think I can't help but think about when I think about your model at, at Lighter Capital is when I talk to a lot of these traditional VCs, you know, they obviously, you, you see significant power dynamics happening where there's one big success that kind of makes the other 40 failures or break-evens totally worth it. But for you, like you're, you, the only thing driving more upside for you is really timing. It's, are they going to pay this back in 12 months or is it going to take the full five years? Because you don't have that breakaway equity kind of option where they sell for a billion dollars in a year, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, Interesting. And, and frankly, we funded we funded companies that went on to go sell for many hundreds of millions of dollars, and we made our structure return, and that was it. Yep. And, you know, if we were equity investors— How do you sleep at night, BJ? I would, I would kick myself. I'd be like, <laughs> God dang it, I wish I could have gotten on their cap table. <laughs> um. You know, it's it's interesting because you're exactly right. Like basically, we're not we're not home run hitters, right? So a, a VC portfolio to make the math work to cover all the fees, the VC has all that kind of stuff to make that math work. Generally speaking, you got to have some home runs. Like back when I was a VC, we we sort of went by the two six two rule, is what we called it. So out of ten investments, you needed two you know home runs or like two ten x's. Basically, you needed six to kind of get your money back, you know, kind of mash kind of things. And you, you knew that you were going to have at least two that were just complete washouts. And, and if you did that, right, you, you were going to return probably a little over two, two and a half times your fund. And, and that's a successful fund for a VC. Yep. Um, for us, we're, we're almost it's, – it's funny because we're funding kind of similar companies, but the, the dynamics in the portfolio are almost exactly the opposite. Instead of being a home runner, which we can't be – um, we can't can't be home run hitter, and we should never strike out. And so we're like the masters of a single, basically. Like we're That's really good. good at getting like on base and not much further. Like every once in a while, we'll get like a double, I guess, or something. But. That's about it. Yeah. Well, guys, if you want to hear stories of CEOs that have gone the lighter capital route and done kind of the funding route in this in this kind of different way, it's not banking, it's not VC. We've had many of, of BJ's port, kind of client portfolio companies on the show, including Connor Lee with Hip Lead in episode 542 at com forward slash again, 542. Um, also, the ba- I believe Badger uh, Maps, uh, you guys also worked with them, yeah, right, BJ? Steve. 
yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve yeah. that's episode 560. Uh, they did about 1.2 million bucks in 2016, doing about 120 grand in monthly recurring revenue, according to what Stephen shared on that episode, um, along with uh, uh, Levi, uh, et cetera, so with the kind of uh, small business uh, automated bookkeeping company. So it sounds like it's a popular model. Um, just real quick, BJ, I know you don't need to pitch yourself because yeah. you probably get plenty of deal flow, but for somebody listening right now to even reach out to you, they need to be doing a minimum of what, 15 grand, you said? A minimum of fifteen grand, um, and like to see roughly recurring revenue, um, anywhere up to like a million a month. We don't we don't really have a ceiling on that, but it, typically that's kind of what we fund. Most of the companies we fund are uh, kind of between the five hundred k in revenue up to like five to eight million in revenue, kind of uh, annually. Range. And um, annually, yeah. And um, um, but but it really depends. We fund companies that are growing at ten percent per year. We fund companies that are growing at five hundred percent per year. Um, it really, de- it really depends. We, we fund companies too, that, um, they kind of break down our customer set into two different persona types. They're the types that are like VC later. They just kind of want to put off raising equity. And they're the types that are VC never, they just like, they just want to run the business themselves control the business themselves and, um, uh, and, and never, never raise, raise funding. Um, and we can kind of accommodate both. It's one of the reasons why you know, having been a former VC, I kind of like this model is we can really accommodate a variety of different growth rates um, and, and different kind of entrepreneur types, um, you know, whether they want to raise equity and you know, sort of shoot for the moon or, or not. Yep. And you said $150 million fund size doing about 10 deals per year? Uh, $120 million. But, $120. But, uh, you were doing about 10 deals a month. Oh, a month. Got it. Great. Yep. Yep. We did 100 and, 101 last year, and we're, we're very roughly goal this year is to get close to 200. Um, but right now we're doing about 10 a month. This quarter will probably be somewhere close to 30 deals. Um, we did 38 last quarter, but fourth quarter tends to be a little busy for us. That's great. Um, busier than, than the first quarter. Nothing so, better than Christmas yeah, as a forcing factor, right? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> we did. We closed a lot of deals between Christmas and New Year. That's so what always <laughs> like never sleep, and we never sleep. Always you know, happens. Got to kind of match them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll never forget meeting Brad Feld on Christmas Day. I was out at my mom's in Colorado, and he was tweeting because he's Jewish about how bored he was on Christmas Day. And I looked at my family and said, "Sorry, guys, I'm not opening presents. I'm going to meet Brad Feld in Boulder." That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how it works. Yeah. When I was recently in New York meeting dozens and dozens of you that listened to the show, I showed many of you guys my SaaS analytics dashboard. I also showed you my website and a conversion dashboard from impression to free trial to paying customer, along with many other dashboards I use in my business, like my social media command center and a few others. Now, all of these are built with one tool. I just dragged and dropped them together. You can see how I did that at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. Now, these dashboards, guys, are critical to my business. You know, I refresh them on my mobile phone right when I wake up in the morning. I roll over and boom, refresh. I'll refresh them right before I'm about to take off on a flight because I'm just addicted to data and numbers. They drive my business. So I think they probably drive your business too. You can see my dashboards, how I use them at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. Now, if you go through the regular website, that's the tool is called Flipfolio, you only get 14 days free. You go through my link, you get 90 days free. So I got a great deal for you guys. It does expire. So you got to go there now. All right, let's wrap up here, BJ, with the, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book, um, oldie, kind of crossing the chasm. Yeah, Jeffrey <laughs> really Moore, it's a good one. Jeffrey Moore, yeah. Yep. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? No. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's okay. a terrible answer, maybe, but no, that's okay. not really. Uh-huh. Number, number three, what's your favorite online tool? Maybe something like Acuity Scheduling. 
Oh, favorite online tool. That is a good question. Um, you know, my favorite online tool might be Cirrus uh, that syncs up Salesforce and, and Gmail. Um, it just makes life a heck of a lot easier. Yep, guys, that's uh, that's Cirrus Insight. Super talented guys over yeah. there. Um, and uh, we had them on the show yeah, too. Great. Just look them up. Yep. Are you working with them? Are they a company? They're not a company. We've talked to them and stuff. Like that. We've never. We've Got it. Yeah, no, Brandon's super smart guy, sharp, sharp guys. All right, uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, four to five. Okay, and what's your current situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married, two kids. Oh, nice. Seven and four. Holy yeah. mackerel. How, yeah, old are, how old are you? I'm 40. All right, last question, BJ. Take us back 20. Yeah. <laughs> You're not old. Take us back 26 years, man. What do you wish <laughs> your 20-year-old self knew? Um, no, I, I try not to have too many regrets in life because they all sort of progress and learnings to where you are. What would I like to know when I was 20 years old? You know, bizarrely enough, this will give you insights. When I was 20 years old, I was living in a mud and dung hut in Nepal, studying a lot of Buddhism and Hinduism as part of a study abroad program. <laughs> um, actually turned, turned 21 uh, while I was in Nepal, went to bed at eight o'clock and I was in a house that, you know, you couldn't have alcohol in it. So not much fun on my 21st birthday. So what would I like to tell myself? Um, you know, just keep seeking, keep seeking new things and new adventures. And it's kind of amazing where you end up. As long as you're curious in life, you will find all different kinds of ways to make money and be happy and find new things to, to learn about. There you guys have it from BJ again of Lighter Capital. Keep seeking, stay curious. You'll find something that you enjoy and that makes you money. Again, they've got a fund of about 120 million bucks doing between 10 and 15 deals. Again, per month, you know, in between kind of bank financing uh, and VC, they don't take equity. They don't require a personal guarantee. Rather, you pay them back based off a percentage of revenue over usually three between three and five years. BJ, thank you for taking us to the top. Hey, thank you so much. If you enjoyed BJ today, go back and listen to Khalid Naim yesterday. I asked a simple question. Is his company on fleet the new king of the delivery economy? They've just passed 300 customers paying 500 bucks per month. It would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode, if you would go leave a review on iTunes right now and then subscribe. You know, I hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys. And trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners. But boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google Ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money. HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan.